our eight-year-old is asking constantly how much everything costs. Interesting. It blows his mind like how expensive or how like cheap something is. Oh, wow. What? That pad thai? <laughs> it's $20 a plate of food is $20 for a plate of food? <laughs> Why are we here? Okay, so okay. let's so, yeah. record the intro now. Just so what is Milkless. Because we, I think we start with the name. Two dads. We love our kids. But then we also need them to know that we're like pretty cool and it's not like a wimpy podcast. So, hey. <laughs> hey. Hey. Milkless. Hey, welcome. Hey. Hey, hey, Milkless. Call the audience, Milkless. What's up, Milkless? <laughs> Matt and Max coming at you. What if that's it? <laughs> How's our first take? On this episode of Milkless, part two of a two-parter. So if you're coming in hot on this one, check out the one before it. We kind of started off talking about chores, led into allowance, and this episode is really focused on that piece of it. How do you help your kid start to develop a healthy relationship with money? So here we go. I mean, I got paid to mow our lawn. I think I got paid $20. I, I would think to pay for mowing the lawn, but that's part of the house. That's part of the family. Mm. Up their allowance. But like, don't have it be related. Like you are now a bigger unit in this family. Mm-hmm. You need to help out in a bigger way, but we will give you a bigger allowance. It's an interesting, like pretty fine distinction. One is like, I am paying you the money for this task. Two is like, you're a part of this team and this team has money and this team contributes. And the more you can contribute, the more money you I don't know. They're like really close to one another, but I do see the distinction because I would have the same instinct to pay for a mowing the lawn. Like I remember, well, I got paid when I was young. I'd go down the street and clean up, Mm -hmm. but it was totally different because it was a neighbor. It wasn't my house. It's like, that was a job. Yeah. I mean, I went door to door and asked to mow people's lawn. So I had like a weekly route. And then I also would go anytime it snowed with a shovel and be like, can I shovel your driveway? God damn, you're one of those fucking lifelong hustlers. I love it. Give me 20 bucks. God damn. So I'd, I'd clean up on snow days going out shoveling, kid. I think it's smart that you did a shirtless. Like, I think that like. <laughs> I definitely got sweaty. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, and I don't know if this is right, but I uh, will pay the kids for what I consider to be manual labor, where I could hire a handyman or someone to do something. Um, one time I needed to move all these rocks that were like perfect heavy weight for them to move. Yeah. And I could have probably done it and swept my ass off. I could have probably done it in 15 minutes. They did it for two hours and I paid them five bucks an hour. I, I think I should probably up that if it's that intense, but I I pay him five bucks an hour. It's good because if it's child labor, then minimum wage laws don't apply. Yeah. I'm already illegal. Yeah. It it is interesting. There are some tasks like that, that are like when they're out of the ordinary. And if you'd maybe have to pay somebody else to do it or do it yourself, but here's the fucking thing, man. It is still part of the family. I have to like chainsaw shit in my yard and burn stuff in my yard. Nobody pays you for that. And if I didn't do that, we'd have to like come hire tree guys and like, you know, that's true. Well, I do pay my daughter for the chainsawing work, though. When she really gets in there. Well, she's got to buy those those child chaps. Chainsaw chaps. <laughs> chainsaw chaps. To, yeah. I need to buy those. You don't have those? Carhartts and steel toe boots. That's all you need. Oh, but you know, you know what the chainsaw chaps do? They like thread up super fast. And if you touch your leg, it'll just jam the chainsaw immediately. That's a good idea. Are you good? With, you never use the tip of the chainsaw, right? Well, I'm not an asshole. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, with the with the mowing the lawn, here's the other thing: is like, 
what if one kid has to mow the lawn and then the other kid or the other two kids don't have to mow the lawn? What are you going to do the lawn in shifts? That's a major thing. That's why I think possibly compensating on some of that bigger stuff makes a little bit of sense. But then again, maybe it's just like, no, we're all pitching in. Like there's someone needs to move the rocks. Someone needs to mow the lawn. Someone needs to do the, this. And we did kind of save money as a family. We didn't need to hire a handyman. So that's why like you guys are really pulling your weight. Like, we're going to move your allowance up. Like, but, but it's not supposed to be directly related. I'm going to try my hardest not to slip in. Like, you want your allowance? You better do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am going to have to figure out a way because they're clever to separate those two things a little bit. Because they're going to be like, so, yeah. so you're paying me for the fucking thing? It's like, no, no. <laughs> no. They happened uh, contemporaneously, but totally uncorrelated. Yeah. But I what if it was more like this? If you just made it clear to them that every year their allowance would go up on their birthday. Mm-hmm. But every year we will be expecting a little bit more of you. It again kind of like decorrelates them slightly rather than like I'm paying you for this job. It's just like your responsibility in this house is growing larger. That also kind of like is an easy way to explain to the younger sibling why they're getting less allowance and to the older sibling why they have a lot more responsibilities. I mean, that seems clean. The other thing is like, I'm also having some strife sometimes with, you know, wanting to buy the kids stuff. Mm. And this one child psychologist said, don't buy them anything. Just up their allowance. Make them buy their own shit. Here's a question. What is the guidance? Do you get any say in what they buy? I mean, it depends on age. Like if they're young, I mean, they could, like you said, they buy a camel. Yeah. It's, that's not going to be good. But I think, I think as they get older, I think that as long as you are there to be a, you know, a steward, yeah, they should maybe have that choice. Like, for example, do you want to buy, you're taller now, we are big skiers. Do you want to buy a used pair of, at Play It Again Sports? Or do you want to buy like you know play a, a different pair that maybe costs a little bit more money? And if you do that, then you're not going to – oh, your brother figured out that he's going to buy his – or he's going to use your skis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the thing. That one, yeah. that one doesn't really work. Yeah. That one doesn't work. Or maybe you have to sell him. He has to sell him. Sells his old skis to his little brother so he can buy a new pair. I mean, that's interesting. You do really want to like introduce hardcore fiscal negotiation between siblings. I know – that's all the child psychologists recommend that. <laughs> that stuff is hard with hand-me-downs too, because it's like for the older sibling, they're like, oh, I had to buy my thing and now they just get it. And for the younger sibling, they're like, all I ever get is hand-me-downs. Yeah. I think also there is a nice ownership though. Cause think about it. Let's say you are going to buy your kid a new bike and that's going to cost, let's say a lot of money. It'd be better for them to save up their allowance. And even if you crank up their allowance or whatever, and then they buy that themselves so that, the, you know, one, they'd probably treat the thing better. They'd have more ownership in the selection process. You're still there to like make sure they don't make a poor decision. Yeah. Think about all the things we're going to buy for our kids for the next 15 years until they go off to college. Mm-hmm. Each one of those is actually an opportunity to teach financial responsibility. Or is that weird? Well, it's, it, I think it introduces a complexity. What if, I mean, I'm going to put this in preposterous terms. What if like you got to where your oldest son could afford those skis, right? Mm -hmm. And he came to you and he was like, actually, dad, what I want to do is fill my room with large stuffed animals. I'm going to take all that money and just buy big stuffies. I'm going to sleep in them. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. But like if I give a responsibility over purchases before 
she's really ready for it, then I really got to be in there. And then I'm kind of telling her how she can and can't spend her money. And then is it her money? Well, I think it's nuanced. It's almost like you need to, it's almost like the charter is in, in the bylaws state that mommy and daddy should support all things that would not cause bodily harm to me. And there's a seven day cooling off period. You know, it's like the Brady Bill or something. Like, you can't just go in and buy an assault weapon. (laughs) Fucking God, yeah. So it's like, you can't buy the large format stuffed animals without a seven-day waiting period. And that's your opportunity as a parent to talk some fucking sense into them. No, but like, otherwise... What's the relationship? The relationship is like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's us taking the shortcut of just saying like, look, I know better. I'm not going to really explain it till you actually feel this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, worst case scenario, they do buy that thing. Those things. There's a lot of them. You have to fill the whole room. Well, then you start with the allowance small enough where let's say your daughter's six. What's the most damage she could do? How much of those tie things, those little... Beady baby, big eyeball things. 10 bucks? Are they that much? Jesus. What if she got $5 a month? That's it. I think that's it. Worst case scenario, yeah, she gets a stuffed animal every two months. Yeah. That's pretty bad. But it's like- Eventually, you're going to end up cutting all their heads off. Anyways. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah, I think that's the move. And that's where I think the thing- I could see getting to that point with a kid who is much older, where they're getting to the amounts of money where they could buy something as significant as a mountain bike. I just like- I don't want to put an amount of money in my daughter's hands where it would really hurt for her to make a bad decision. Yeah. (laughs) Because I do have a distinct memory of being a kid and we went to the toy store and I opened my wallet. Because you remember you had a wallet that had all your money in the world? Yeah. And also like a baseball card and like- Yeah, trifold, Velcro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I remember opening my wallet and I had zero dollars and we were at the toy store. Like, and my brother did have money and it was this cool little like toy store called the five and dime. God, this makes me sound old. Yeah. We went down to the five and dime. Yeah. Uh, and I remember being there with no money and my brother had money and my mom wasn't, she wasn't mean about it, but she was just kind of like, that's like, you don't have any money. Like you can't buy anything here. And that did stick with me. Teaching your children about money is so important because th- think about it. It's like, I don't want to give my daughter that type of money. Yeah. She's six. What happens when she gets older? There's going to come a time where- Bye, honey. You're off to college. Four years go by like this. Boom. I mean, look at how many Americans are in like crippling debt. What are you doing to me? You're like, (laughs) before you blink, your fucking daughter's gone. She's out there on her own. People are trying to take her for everything she's got. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus Christ. She's six though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I think that like in a weird way, the amount that they have to mess with is kind of an important lever to pull as they're younger or older. Because it was enough for me to have that experience of not having any money at a store where I would have needed $3 to buy something. Right. I still learned my lesson, you know? And I've, I've, we, we've had money in a wallet, but we're going to put it on that green light credit card. Um, I think it's going to be much cleaner and better. But anyway, so I've had both experiences where on the one side, our six-year-old like spent some of the money that he earned. And he was like, I have no money. And then uh, the older one is like, oh, I have like, he has over $100 now. He's at the lemonade stand. He's, he's just like hoards cash. Yeah. He's like never spent any money. He's like, how will I ever spend it? Then I won't have any. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's a good conversation to have, to talk about like, 
Yeah, on both sides. You got to learn to save, but then on the on the the save hoarder side. Yeah. Well, maybe you spend 10% of the money that comes in and that's your spending money. And then it can be fun and you don't have to like s- develop such a complex with saving. Yeah. So it's a good conversation to have. Otherwise, when do you ever have that conversation? Yeah, I mean, you got to start having it at some point. I mean, it is like it's funny. I do think that it's hard to not have a fucked up relationship to money in this country or maybe in the world. I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things that feels like pretty primitive, I guess. Like I remember that my parents, uh, when my brother and I were young, were in debt and I didn't really understand what that was, but I knew that when they talked about it, it did not feel good in the house. So I guess that's why I'm like that. Maybe that makes me tentative to dive into this shit. Cause it's like, I just, you want to keep their innocence. You don't want to like burden them with these big concepts. And I want to like simultaneously teach them that it is not important as a way to evaluate your own worth, but it's hard to not feel that, but it is important to be able to manage it well, or your life is pretty difficult. I just think it is so important. And something that you said that really stuck with me on a previous episode was like, I'd much rather have a modestly successful farmer for a child that was happy than someone who was super successful and was sad. Well, to be a, a, a moderately happy farmer, you need to be fiscally responsible. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you want to be a happy person making $25,000 a year, they exist. They don't go buy Starbucks every day. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just it's knowing a different that, life. Like, okay. Yeah. You just need to understand and I think that is very important. Like, here's your money. Six-year-old, you get five bucks a month or whatever it is. Yeah. This is your money. You can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. Whether they blow it on candy or this, or they save it and buy a $25 drone or remote control car. Like, that I think is very important because one of my biggest fears is having a child, whether they make $25,000 a year or $100,000 a year or whatever they make. If they are blowing it, I mean, so many people, it doesn't matter, just blow through their paycheck or living paycheck to paycheck. I want to be careful about saying that that's their fault necessarily. Like a lot of the jobs in this country don't pay enough to really live. For sure. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that are trying very hard and you just, it's hard to put it together. But there's also a lot of people who bring real financial trouble on themselves. Yeah. And it's the same type of stuff. We talk about it with with the soft skills of like self-regulation. We talk about it with reading, math, uh, you know, playing with their friends, like all these things you'd want to start early. If they know math and they're curious about money, like there's no harm in making sure that they have five or ten dollars in their bank account. Yeah. Or or whatever, and start developing an understanding of how to save, how to yeah. budget, how to spend on Oh, you want to buy that candy? Okay. As, as long as they understand numbers and it's like, well, you have 10, you can use one, <laughs> yeah. you'll only have, you only have nine. Yeah. 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 If they're the type of person that goes hog wild and depletes their bank account, it's a great time to have them do it when they're six Yeah, and feel that pain that you felt in the toy store. Yeah. But it's a padded room, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, it can't get hit too hard. Yeah. It's all interesting, man. Um, you can't just not get into it just because you feel that it's, generally a concept that I think most people, when they think about money, it doesn't like make them feel great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if it's thinking about how much you have, there's even something like when you're, well, it's, we don't talk about it in society. Like it's, it's not polite to talk about money. 
don't ever ask somebody yeah how much money they have or how much money they make whether it's high or low like you do not talk about money so yeah but then this is like a big problem in this country people don't graduate knowing how to like what a mortgage is yeah. like or how to do their taxes or how to budget just just loose budgeting yeah and i think it's i think it's one of those really important skills it really is yeah and it's also like it's not black or white what is correct i mean there's like the the levers of like a tolerance for risk is a great thing sometimes and sometimes it's a risk yeah but it seems like the most important thing you can do probably is to try to yourself have a good relationship to the way that you help around the house yeah. And just expect it of them and try to have as healthy a relationship as you can with money because they're watching you. But yeah, you're right. I mean, just like the lack of basic literacy, it is weird that that's not taught in schools. I wonder why that is. I, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's society. But the way to teach this is by having the kids have money at some point in their, in their childhood where they make the choice. Mm-hmm. How much is that candy bar? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't need that candy bar for $3. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I want to save my $3 because I want to get a Paw Patrol watch or something. Baby, 66% of your net earnings go to a candy bar (laughs) every month. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is like, yeah, it's understanding like the relationships between, it's kind of understanding like how to try to form a connection between like what you spend money on and what is like truly important to you and changes your experience. Well, also, does your daughter ask how much things cost? Uh, no, not really. So our eight-year-old is asking constantly how much everything costs. And it's interesting the type of things he says, like when he, he, it blows his mind, like how expensive or how like cheap something is. Oh, wow. What? That pad tie? <laughs> $20 a plate of food is $20 for a plate of food. <laughs> it's like, why are we here? That's so good. And then other things like we had a, a kid's party and we bought like a bag of Swedish fish and that entire bag with like a thousand Swedish fish was $5.99. I'm like, how much do you think it is? He's like, $200? No, he didn't. That's <laughs> yeah. so good. And he's but, got a really good perception of money. But, but he's but, just like. But what he just told you is he's like, that shit to me is 10 times more valuable than that plate of fucking noodles. Yeah. It's, it makes yeah. so much sense. He's like assigning his own value to things. He's like, Swedish fish are good. And that's a lot of them. Right. And like, he loves Legos, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, do you know how expensive Legos are? Dude, Legos are fucking nuts. He's never bought them for himself. Mm. He's like, I will never. Are you kidding me? <laughs> the principle of the matter. I like it. He's frugal, isn't he? And he's like, there's no reason for me to ever buy Legos for myself. I will ask Santa for that. <laughs> I will. It's free from him. Um, yeah, that's really funny. Uh, I, I will sometimes tell my daughter that something is expensive. Like if I'm not letting her play with something, I'll be like, that would cost a lot of money to replace. And like with her iPad, once or twice she's gotten mad at it and like, dropped it on the ground or something. And I'm just like, baby, that's, if that gets broken, that's too expensive to replace right away. I'm trying to give her a concept of that. Or it'll be like, check out my watch. You know how expensive this is? <laughs> I don't know a watch. Yeah. Um, but I could start to get more on purpose about it, I think. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pumped we did the research for this episode because one, we don't really have formal chores. And two, we don't have allowance. And I was thinking of tying them directly together they're like, if you do these things, you'll get your allowance. That's how I grew up. Like, yeah, it worked. It worked fine. 
but I, I like this better. Yeah, it's nice that the guidance seems to be pretty consistent. It does feel like there's no way out of like wading through a few gray areas. But I, I think I'm with you, man. I think, I don't know, my daughter's six. Is that is that allowance time? I mean, like at a very low wage. I, we're going to do it with our six-year-old. I'm going to do it with the three-year-old too. Oh man, what's she going to get? I don't know, like a dollar a month. I don't know. Like then she's part of the team. Yeah. You know, she's part of the family. We can just talk about it. Like the, the older siblings, when, when, whatever they're into, they will talk to the younger one about, yeah, about yeah. what, hey, so you know what you have? You have $7. Okay. I don't know if you should get that much. Like they'll help with the thing. You know, what's kind of a funny way to look at being a second kid versus a first kid. A first kid is entirely raised by their parents. Yeah. And a second kid is partially raised by an insane person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, my brother was just three years older than I was. So I was getting a lot of, like, the pacing of my information and how I received it from, like, a six-year-old. Oh, yeah. Who was just like, I heard this word. Yeah. What a different experience that is. All right. Thanks for listening, y'all. That's going to be our last episode of 2023. Uh, the first year of the podcast. It's amazing that people listen to it. We're taking next week off. We'll be back January 2nd with an episode about, what's it about, Maxie? It is about grit. Grit. Yes, sir. That'll be 2024. Bye, y'all. Later.